0: Welcome to the Spirit World, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now, your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly.
1: Well, hi there and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with religious demonologist Adam Bly. And you today. This is our monthly open forum show. This is where we don't we haven't prepared any type of teaching because we are listening to you and we are receiving your calls and we have a full packed studio with our show team in place because this is our monthly open forum show where you can ask pretty much any question of uh, angels demons or anything in between or things that are happening in your life so we need you to call in but adam we always start with the saint michael prayer
2: in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit saint michael the archangel defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Okay, so here's how it rolls on The Spirit World, and we do have our show team in place. We have Lori, we have Carol at the phones, and we have Rachel on social media um, bringing in all of the social media comments because, Adam, please wave. We're on YouTube and Facebook. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much. You are loving The Spirit World on YouTube and Facebook. We're getting your comments, and we're so grateful to you. We have Tim Mott, our senior producer at The Controls, doing a fine job, so you should hear us in a crystal clear fashion. But this is our monthly open forum show, so we just open up the phone lines and we take all of your questions and comments. So please start dialing right now. Don't wait to the second or third segment of the show. Now is the time to call in at 877 877- 757 9424 877 757 9424 start dialing you can always get us on Facebook and like us there at the Spirit World Podcast you can leave your comments there or on the GRN online YouTube page don't forget to subscribe there and hit that little button there so you can get uh, all of the wonderful um, um, videos that we provide on GRN online we are being broadcasted uh, all all around the world, thanks to EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So we're so grateful. So we usually do get calls from all around the world or comments, Adam. And we got one very early this morning from New York. And I will be sharing that uh, because she couldn't stay on the line, but she left this message and, and needs an answer. And I think it pertains to a lot of us who are going through Lent. But we need to hear from you. So please um, please call in 877-757-9424 and ask your questions about angels, demons, or anything that's going on in your life. We are a friendly platform, and I can assure you that Carol and Lori are delightful to talk to. So sh- they will talk to you. They will put you on hold. You'll get to listen live and jump right into the discussion. Adam, we have a little bit of housekeeping b- before we get to the uh, calls. So I just wanted to remind our listeners there's still chance to Um, Register for the Real Presence, the Science of Sainthood, Fullness of Truth Conference in Alexandria, Louisiana. I will be speaking along with just a a wonderful list of speakers. All you have to do is go to fullnessoftruth.org, fullnessoftruth.org, register. It begins February 23rd, so it's coming up. If you're in the area, you can drive in or fly in Alexandria, Louisiana. I'd love to meet you. And then Adam and I, for our first trip for 2024, We will be in Dubuque, Iowa at Aquinas Communications, and we would love to uh, spend time with you answering all sorts of questions about um, angels, Eucharistic miracles. Um, Also, we talk about demonic activity, the occult, anything you want to ask. We want to spend that really beautiful quality time with you. So if you're in the Dubuque, Iowa area. For Saturday, March 2nd, please go to kcrd-fm.org. Whew, Adam, I got all the housekeeping done.
2: Good, good. And yeah. I'm excited about um, going out to speak with you and just talk with people in person. It's always nice, um, usually at events, you know, at the tables or something, you're able to chat. And it's just beautiful that, you know... I thank God for for all of this, uh, the radio work and this opportunity to to speak to people, because we don't we often don't know how it's affecting people. And when it's it's nice when people come up and let you know how something may have been helpful to them, not about us being useful, but the Holy Spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. gives them what they need out of whatever we're saying. So it's just a beautiful time. And it's it's a time of Thanksgiving, basically.
1: Mm hmm. Wonderful. So that's it for Dubuque, Iowa. That's Aquinas Communications. The how to register is kcrd-fm.org, and it's coming up March 2nd but like i said i will be um in alexandria louisiana february 23rd for the weekend for fullness of truth and that's at fullnessoftruth.org okay here uh this is the the comment that came in early this morning um uh from new york a loyal listener to the spirit world and i want everyone to listen because i think we can all relate to this it says hi here's my question here's my uh question okay and and see the, the the demons, I'm telling you, Adam, you see what happens when we when we start to do this? They, they mess with technology, but we prayed the St. Michael prayer, so St. Michael, defend us in battle. Okay, um, hi, here's my question, the area that I need help with. I have always struggled with the concept of fasting. Ever since I was a little kid, if someone told me, you can't do this, I would often want to do the opposite. This feeling has carried over to the fasting aspect, especially during Lent. I have been asking the Lord to help me to see and really understand what he has done for me individually and to ask him to help me to deny myself, pick up my cross and follow him. Can you help me understand more of the why the Lord asked me to do this? And is every little fast that I do, like, for example, not eating that bowl of potato chips on a Friday in Lent, really efficacious? I want this Lent to be different for me and on paper I really do want to fast and I really do have such great intentions but when it actually comes down to doing it that is where I struggle. I hope this makes sense. Thanks so much and I love the show. Can you ans- can you begin to answer?
2: Yeah, there's a few levels there, Deb. Um so yeah, they're very good questions and of course everybody struggles with the same thing. So if you think about uh, the idea of saying don't do something, it's human nature to immediately want to do it. So if you say don't think of a purple gorilla, the first thing you visualize in your mind is a purple gorilla because you said not to. It's basically something built into our nervous system. It's not a fault. It's um, It's not a weakness. So the way to get around that generally from a psychological perspective is instead of saying don't do that, Think of something that you, in a positive sense, do do this. So, you know, instead of saying I don't want to eat those potato chips, you'd say like, well, I do want to wait a little while and then have um, maybe some carrots or or another snack. Turn it into something positive, Um, or something more long term, like I am gonna have you know some extra chips tomorrow when this little fast is over. So basically, turn it around into a positive. The question about efficacy. We know scripturally the big efficacy comes with fasting plus prayer. So the fasting itself, we can offer that up in terms of offer up that discomfort to the Lord. It is pleasing when we show discipline over ourselves and when we voluntarily give something up. Um, And you can offer that up. The efficacy, though, largely for us as individuals comes from practicing control over little things, because that leads to more mental strength and spiritual strength to overcome big things. So we fast in little ways, like avoiding the potato chips, to develop a sense of confidence and self-control and willpower So that when it comes to something more serious later, like a particular sin that you fall into many times and you feel like you're going to fall again, you might have a little more willpower to struggle and fight with that. And that's why fasting, that's one of the layers of why fasting is involved in Lent. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense,
1: Deb? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I just want to add for our wonderful listener in New York, um, thank you so much for trusting us with this question. And I would just add that, you know, a little goes a long way with God you know it's our it's our intention it's it's how we when we when we step a little bit towards god he comes rushing towards us and it's a beautiful thing and 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 god just wants us to turn our attention to him and make these necessary adjustments and they are adjustments i do know that people do extreme stuff like extreme fasting or extreme ways of trying to go into a deeper level i don't think that's necessarily healthy for all of us um because not everybody can can handle that and then if it, and then if it doesn't work out that way we feel like you know we did something wrong and then we go mm-hmm. into that that shame mode and stuff so i would say a little goes a long way would you agree with that adam
2: Yeah, and it's also wiser to start and gradually increase whatever you're doing as opposed to trying to, like, radically say, okay, I've never fasted in my life, but I'm going to do five days of only water. Like, number one, check with your doctor first, obviously, make sure you're medically okay to do that, but that would psychologically probably be too much, and so you start with something a little bit less, and as you said, Deb, when we fail to reach these unrealistic, huge goals up front, we then often crash and feel like a failure and... It leads to to kind of negative feedback within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. starting small is good, and yeah, yeah. I I think I mean these these are good themes, especially during Lent. Um, don't be afraid of fasting. You know, in little ways. And the other aspect of that, it's not only self control, but it's putting less focus on the body mm-hmm. and let's focus on the worldly stuff. So as we withdraw a little bit from the worldly appetites and just pursuing our appetites all day, Mm -hmm. we leave more space for reflecting on God. And that's why fasting and prayer is always linked.
1: Right, right. Okay, I hope that answers everybody's question. We are getting comments coming in on Facebook and YouTube, so thank you, Rachel, for monitoring those. We'll get to those. We do have a couple open phone lines, so we need you to call in right now, 877-757-9424. You can hear um how fast i'm trying to pick up the pace i we we hear you um folks you have said to us can you get to more calls than just six or eight calls we're trying okay we're doing our best so stick with us make your call now don't wait till the end of the show 877 757 9424 and i'm just going to check with our senior producer how much time before the break do i have can i say hello to our first caller i can okay i can say hello to our first caller charlie in north carolina on Sirius XM 130, Charlie, we're going to say hello to you, and then you might have to just wait a little bit longer because we have a break coming up. But hello, Charlie. Welcome to the spirit world.
3: Hello, and thank you very much for taking my call. My question is kind of a very elementary one, and I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know the answer. Um, why, why, are there, why is God still creating demons? Are they angels who just continue to fall because they make the wrong choice? Or are they created by Satan? I mean, God's the creator of everything. And then my second question comes from the fact that I got two, two answers to this question over the past month. Uh, I, uh, one person told me that angels are, are higher created beings than humans, and another person told me that humans are higher created beings than angels, and mm-hmm. with that, I'll uh, let you guys answer it. I appreciate your show. Thank you very much for answering these questions.
1: Oh, thank you, Charlie. Okay, we're going to put you on hold, because you're going to hear the music. There it goes, right on cue. I love that. Tim Mott is right on top of things. Thank you, our senior producer. If you'd like to jump in, we're going to answer uh, the, Charlie's question and all of your questions, and comments as well so we need to hear from you 877-757-9424 this is the spirit world we are your hosts, debbie giorgiani and adam Bly, and this is our monthly open forum show so ask your question right now don't wait any longer and stick with us okay Tall is now offering advanced group coaching sessions with master coaches highly trained in life skills. Visit standtalltoday.com and register for one of our upcoming group coaching events. These virtual opportunities are designed to take you to the next level of life in your relationships, career, faith walk, and so much more. Space is limited. Hurry to standtalltoday.com and sign up for one of our advanced group coaching sessions. StandTallToday.com
4: Fundamentalists claim baptism by immersion is the only true baptism because the Greek word baptizo found in the New Testament means to immerse. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, although baptizo is used for immersion, it can also be used for wash up as it's used in Luke 11.38 in reference to the Jewish ritual washings. Second, we agree with our fundamentalist friends that full immersion best expresses the meaning of the sacrament. The Catechism of the Catholic Church makes this clear in paragraph 12.39. But that doesn't mean non-immersion baptisms are invalid. In fact, the Didache, a first-century Christian catechism dating to around AD 70, gives instruction on how to baptize, stating, "...pour over the head three times." So if you weren't done, no need to fret. Immersion baptism is not necessary for a valid baptism. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: Okay, Adam, you do want to wave to our YouTube and Facebook chats because they're going strong. Love you guys. Thank you so very much. Thank you for asking your questions or making your comments and praying the St. Michael prayer. Timoteo, thank you so very much. We need to uh, protect so we can um, make sure that uh, we can broadcast and get the message out to everyone. So we appreciate those prayers. Okay, we're going to get to Charlie's, um, and I can comment as well, Adam. So if you could please, uh, Charlie asked a great question about about demons and about um, the status of angels. Can you please uh, go first?
2: Sure. Okay, Charlie. So interesting questions. Um, First off, there aren't any new demons being created or coming around. Um, Secondly, Satan does not create anything. He cannot create. He's not the creator. He's a creature. So he's certainly not creating demons. Now, the story is... You know, what actually happened was at the beginning of creation, God created the angels before the physical. He infused them with knowledge to the end of time about what they were created for. He then gave them the choice whether to obey and do their job that they were created for or not. They were given that choice through free will. They had not received the beatific vision yet. They hadn't seen God yet so that they could exercise their free will because if you actually were in the presence of god how could you how could you say no basically so a third of them said no they followed satan and his argument his theology his whatever his philosophy was at the time we don't know exactly but a third fell then the other two thirds that said yes they would serve and do what they were created for received the beatific vision that basically god was then revealed to them and they have maintained in that state ever since. And so we see a reference to this in, with Jesus when he says, don't shoo the children away from me. Their angels are before my Father in heaven. So angels are not like us. They're not physical. They're not limited to only be in one place at one time. Now, the fallen angels, they they were cast down to earth to roam here until Jesus comes back in the final judgment, at which point they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire, which is God's punishment for them. So there's no new demons, because a third of the angels that were created fell. God, as far as we know, has not created any more angels, though it's not our place to say he can't. You know, God can do whatever God wants to do. But basically, scripturally, we see no indication that there's more holy angels being created. So the ones that fell, those demons are permanently fallen because they knew to the end of time the consequence of their choice. They can never say, I was young and dumb. And I'm sorry. Now, God, take me back because they had full understanding of the choice when they made it. So they're never going to repent. The holy angels are in the presence of God. They're never going to fall. OK, hopefully that helps. And then you asked, are angels or humans a higher status of being? And this uh, we can get. Some insight from Thomas Aquinas, who is the angelic doctor and wrote a ton on holy angels. So the answer there is the angels are a higher order of being than us while we're here on earth. When we pass our judgment, God willing, we pass our judgment, we cooperate with his grace, and we make it to heaven. At that point, we're a higher order of being than the angels. The main argument there being that we are given a body, and we, our personhood is a combination of a body and a soul together. So, um, right now the angels are a higher order of being, and that's part of why it's not our place to name them or give names to our guardian angels. Um, and also in Genesis, we see that God gave authority to Adam to name the animals, but not the angels. So we have two indications that, uh, we're not a higher order of being. Adam was a higher order of being than the animals in Genesis, which is why he was allowed to name them, but he was not allowed to name the angels. There was no reference to that, um, So, yeah, hopefully that answers your questions
1: couple things Charlie before you respond um, Joan Carroll Cruz's book Angels and Devils great book to read about um, the creation of the holy angels and an understanding of uh, the demons um, That I just want to recommend that because we usually get comments right after uh, questions like this and by the way Charlie you said that it's kind of a, an elementary question it really isn't it's actually a phenomenal question and it's something that we need to understand about the theology of angels and Adam of course and it brilliantly, and that is so true. But one of the two things I wanted to add, we should probably edit in right, edit in right now, Adam, because we normally get comments from this, you know, because Christians tend to be very loving, right, and they want everybody to get to heaven. So a lot of times, people will make will will uh, send prayers for those that are th- the demons that are in hell. Adam, quickly before Charlie responds about that, how that is not a good use of prayer at all.
2: Yeah, basically, you know, it's what I kind of tried to explain. Their choice was permanent. They do not want to repent. They are not going to repent. Um, they are not like us, where they gain experience and wisdom over time. They were infused with all the understanding to the end of time of their choices. And we, we see this in the exorcism world. They, they say it very clearly. They have no interest in repenting. Um, you know, you have to be careful. Of course, there, you know, you don't trust what demons say uh, Mm -hmm. as a rule, but it's it's clear from Thomas Aquinas. uh, I think it's clear scripturally, though. We don't have time to unpack all the scriptures on this, but basically they're not going to repent. You cannot pray them out of hell, uh, out of the condition that they're in. Right.
1: Right. So you don't want to be doing that. And Charlie, any comments on on what we shared?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, thank you. It's crystal clear. Uh, I believe shows like yours are so important. I listen to EWTN every time I'm in the car. Uh, as Catholics, we need this kind of food. You know, we need to be fed, and you guys are just great. I want to thank you for the clear answers. Can you please tell me the name of the woman author of the book again? Uh, yes, definitely.
1: Joan, Joan Carol Cruz. Joan Carol Cruz, Joan Angels, Carol Angels and Devils. Okay.
3: Okay, great. I'm going to pick that up. Thank you very much for what you guys do. Your possibility is so needed. God bless the both of you. Have a wonderful day.
1: Oh, thank you, Charlie. We feel the same about you. So thank you. God bless you. Have a, have a beautiful Lent. Okay, um, Charlie just freed that phone line. If you'd like to get in, uh, please make the call now because Lori and Carol are waiting. It The number is 877-757-9424. Just to remind everyone, you can go to Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast or to our YouTube channel at GRN Online. GRN stands for Guadalupe lupe radio network that's how we're being produced so you need to go there if you want to see those past videos and get caught up a lot of a lot of folks that are joining the spirit world are trying to get caught up on all the shows and that's a great place to go to the youtube channel there okay we just filled that phone line so that's wonderful adam if it's okay with you let's move to the next caller deacon paul is calling in from california hello deacon i'm so glad you called in today welcome to the spirit world
5: (laughs) hey good morning to you both how are you doing Good.
1: Great. Thank you, good, Deacon.
5: Good. My, I know your time is uh, very tight. My question is to Adam. Um, I, For some reason, I know for Lent we're supposed to uh, strive for uh, what we can to make ourselves holy and towards Christ. But for some reason, as I was praying, I thought the holiness of certain uh, people that uh, depict uh, us for sainthood on earth and to have gifts of what they have. Uh, my question is, Father Morth, who was an exorcist priest, and I've seen other exorcist priests have had gifts outside of exorcism to actually heal people. How come they're not um up for uh, sainthood uh, for the gifts that they have been given and also for what they have done to provide the holiness and also to save souls?
2: yeah, deacon, so you know the whole topic of sainthood is a big one but but if I can sum up a little bit and I'm interested in deb's input on this, too. Basically, there are people that we are allowed to presume that they're saints privately. So let's say, you know, my father has passed on. I'm allowed to ask him to pray for me in heaven under the assumption and the hope that he is in heaven. But I'm not allowed to go to church and say, you know, this person's a saint and broadcast it in a public way especially in a public action of the church. So there are people that are saints without the church declaring it. It doesn't, it's not necessary for the church to declare somebody a saint for them to get into heaven. Okay. Now, the other thing is that in order to get your cause put forward for sainthood, there's a lot of steps that have to go into that. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to basically financially back the process because their life has to be exhaustively researched. Uh, and I mean exhaustively. Everything they ever wrote or said has to be gone over. Um, and it's it's a big process. And then you, you have to start looking for miracles to substantiate them being blessed and then them being a saint. Um, the church doesn't do it casually so they may be and the other thing deacon is the church generally does not um, go through this process and start putting a cause forward right away Mm -hmm. it's generally decades after the person has died so that basically all the dust has settled from their life and um, everything that they've that they've basically done has run its course go ahead Deb.
1: right i just wanted to add to that deacon um um uh, he passed away in 2016, so it's that's relatively um, in a in a recent time. And so Adam is spot on that usually don't it takes a lot of money to open up the cause. It um, there's a lot of research preliminary research that needs to be done ahead of time. And so uh, 2016 is kind of recent. I mean, who knows? Maybe in the next couple years, you may see something um, start to go. I know they had that Hollywood a uh, movie that came out with a. Uh, with Russell Crowe, that was not a good representation at, at all, I, I believe, of, of this great uh, priest. And I will, I will tell you, you know, you never know because there are a lot of recent uh, passings of very holy men and women of God throughout the Catholic world. And a lot of people are saying, why aren't they becoming a saint? Why aren't they, you know, and it does take time. So I don't know if that answers all of your questions about this, but what do you think, Deacon?
5: I totally agree, and thank you so much for clarifying, because I was kind of wondering how the process went, but uh, now that this is uh, how you explained it, I truly appreciate it, and God bless you both. Mm-hmm. You too.
1: D- isn't it? Didn't it used to be like a minimum of five years that had to, he had to wait for the cause for canonization to open up? I, I'm almost positive that, and then it was John Paul too that kind of fast-tracked a couple a couple mm-hmm. saints and um which which was wonderful you know we needed that because these saints were great great saints so yeah great questions deacon thank you so much you have been an amazing loyal follower and listener of the spirit world from the very beginning and we appreciate it thank you so much for being a deacon in our church
5: Thank you and I appreciate you both and you've been helping me us uh, along this road thank you and god bless again You too
1: Thank you did you know um Father Amorth, did you, Mm -hmm. did you, you did?
5: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Did Yeah, I did. I
2: uh, I didn't know him well, but uh, I met him at the, the International Association of Exorcist Conferences. Mm -hmm. And so he, he would teach a little bit there. He was one of the founders of that, um, association. So when I, yes, he was, um, he was very blunt. Yeah, he was very blunt, um, he was in such demand. Everybody wanted to ask him questions. Everybody wanted time from him. His phone was constantly ringing. He was reading letters that he had received. Um, he was just bombarded mm-hmm. um, with with people wanting his time and attention in various ways. And, um, yeah, he was just v- incredibly straightforward. Um, yeah, just very mm-hmm. blunt. But also, talk about prayerful. I remember sitting behind him in adoration during the conference and just observing him throughout because we did a lot of uh, there was a lot of spiritual exercises that were part of those conferences Mm -hmm. and um he had a big devotion to mary he had a big devotion to the eucharist um he was the real deal he was Mm -hmm. he was um he was a very devout priest
1: lived 91 years died in 2016 september 16th right before padre pio's feast day wow that's very interesting um, the other thing too, uh, folks real quickly about these Hollywood films that depict uh, many um, saints and holy men and women of God be very 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 careful do your research make sure it's it's authentic you know there there have been a lot of films recently some good some not so good um, just do your research because you don't want a, I, I believe this Adam what do you think about this 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 kind of tainted image of a very beautiful saint you don't uh, or a very holy person um, that is really Really walking with God, you don't want an image put into your brain that is that's not accurate mm-hmm. and something that was dictated by Hollywood. What do you say to that?
2: Yeah, you basically don't rely on Hollywood for any form of spiritual formation or information about people's lives. Um, the goal is to sell tickets and uh, generally these are secular writers, secular organizations. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing it's it's capitalism, but don't mistake that for spiritual truth
1: okay. Okay, good deal. Let's go to, um, is it Janine or, or Jeannie? I just want to make, it's two different names on the screen here in Massachusetts um, on EWTN. Help me out, please. Hi, this is Jeannie. Yes. Jeannie. Is Jeannie. Welcome to the spirit world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um I
6: just discovered you. I just discovered I could get EWTN on my Lexa, which I'm thrilled. I didn't know I could get it. But uh, my question, and it's funny you just talked about the movies, because I was calling about the movie Nefarious and wondering if you saw it and I thought how well it was done. I think it's about demon possession and how um, we need to be aware that it exists. So many people don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I think if nothing else, if you see the movie, it'll point you to the right side. doesn't so, mean but- you're going to pick it.
1: Right. Jeannie, before Adam comments on this, I just wanted to remind our listeners, we did interview uh, Father Darren Merlino. He was part uh, on set um of of nefarious and he also played a small um role in the in the movie and then we had father carlos martins the same exact broadcast of the spirit world so if you want to go to our archive section either on ewtn or on grn and find that uh broadcast i think you'd really you'd really appreciate it and that's for everyone else as well but go ahead adam about nefarious
2: yeah, so Nefarious isn't Hollywood. That It was not a Hollywood movie. It was made, uh, it was a small production that kind of fought hard to get any screen time in the theaters. Um, it got a lot of attention online, but, but it wasn't a real commercial film. And that film is quite accurate, uh, especially in terms of um, presenting how demons actually interact with people, a certain type. So basically, and I know... This is getting in the weeds a little bit, but there's higher level demons that are more intelligent um, and more dangerous in terms of intellectually dangerous. And then there's lower level ones that are more animal like and more physically dangerous. So this was a really good example of one of the higher level ones and the way they can manipulate and overwhelm the human intellect. um, And also it was a good, I think, presentation of the kind of twisted demonic theology um, that you will often see in Satanism, meaning Satanism that that is worshiping the devil, not people that claim they're secular humanists that they don't worship the devil, which is a strange thing to me because you're you're associating yourself with a figure that's a liar and a destroyer. But okay, um, so this twisted theology um, is often the the kind of strange rationale for why demons are are the good guys or to be pitied or or whatnot. Nefarious presents that, but in a little bit of a more honest way, um, in terms of the demon's hatred for us, and the fact that they're trying to destroy us because they can't touch God. And so we're made in the image of God. They lost heaven. We have a chance to make it back to heaven, and they hate us for that, and they desperately want to destroy us as many as possible. Uh, Before their time runs out And so it's a really good presentation of that Now it is heavy and intense And if you're emotionally sensitive Or if you're kind of uh, Too fixated on the demonic right now And reading stuff and getting yourself scared I wouldn't watch it because it's pretty intense
6: Mm. But he does say the carpenter And the carpenter wins
2: Oh, they know that, yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they don't Like to use the proper names for Mary Or Jesus Um, they won't show them that respect, but they'll use a phrase that makes it obvious who they're talking about.
6: Mm I just really wanted to bring that forth for people who are asking. It's just such a worthy movie to see. But you're right, it is scary in a sense, but it also lets you know to be on the right side no matter what.
4: Mm -hmm.
6: Thank you
1: for
4: your time. Sure thing.
1: Jeannie, thank you for finding us. I hope you uh, stay connected with us. If you're on Facebook, go to the Spirit World podcast. We post resources there as well. And you can always catch um, the um, the past broadcasts of the Spirit World at grnonline.com slash Spirit World. Okay, Jeannie? Wonderful. I am so pleased. Thank you so much. Thank you. God, God bless you. you. Have a beautiful Lent. Okay. Oh, you hear the music. Okay, so Bob and Ron and Vicki and Tim and Jesse and the others, hang on. We will come back. We promise you. Okay, so just hang on. This is the Open Forum monthly show here at The Spirit World. If you'd like to join uh, the conversation, dial in right now at 877-757-9424. Don't forget to like us on Facebook or go to grnonline.com. We'll be right back.
7: Family Minute with Mike and
8: Alicia Hernan. Okay, I have a confession to make. I really do not like schedules. (laughs) Tracking what my family is supposed to do every minute, every hour, knowing where we're supposed to be, I don't even like the word schedule. If you feel the same way about family schedules, you are not alone.
3: And yet, there does need to be order to our family life. Our God is a God of order. And let's face it, family life can involve a lot of chaos, right? We parents need to assist God in bringing some order out of this chaos. But if you don't like the word schedule, maybe it's because it sounds too industrial for the living reality of messy family life.
8: What I do like is the word routine. That's what we aim to have in our family. A routine for when to wake up, when we eat, when we study, when we clean, and when we pray. A routine consists of what needs to be done daily, even if the timing or order changes because of life
3: happening. Talk with your spouse about setting a routine as part of the family board meeting and visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
8: Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with His disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss. You want to improve your health or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. StandTallToday.com
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: Thanks for sticking with us on The Spirit World for this monthly open forum show. Uh, we are trying to go as fast as we possibly can. Just to let you know, we have full phone lines plus, and we have comments coming in from all over the, uh, the country. So you guys are doing a great job, but we're trying as, as fast as we can to get to everyone. So let's we'll pick up the pace just a bit. We're moving to Atlanta, Georgia. Bob has been waiting so patiently on EWTN.com and also your local station there, The Quest. Hello, Bob. Hello. Go right ahead, sir. Yes,
7: perfectly. Okay, I had two two questions, if I might. The first one, in two instances, Jesus tells the leper not to tell anybody. Then when they're on the mountain, he tells Peter and, and the other disciples not to tell anybody. Why does he tell us not to tell anybody? I don't need to you know, preach from the mountaintops or anything else, but I, I still don't understand that. Second question. My brother... Uh, went off to the Jesuit novitiate, spent a year there. Came out, and he's basically agnostic uh, or atheist, trying to convince me that he's right. What can uh, advice can y'all give me to handle him? Go ahead, please.
2: <laughs> okay, Bob. Um, so first off, earlier in Jesus's ministry, you have to you have to read the story. I'm not, I'm not saying you didn't. You have to look at the whole story. So he said, "Don't tell anyone" early on in his public ministry because He didn't want things fully revealed because he knew that was, I think, because he knew that was going to accelerate um, the kind of the backlash and um, the kind of drama that that led to his arrest and his crucifixion. So early on, he was telling people, don't tell anyone. But then as time went on, he was more and more open. Is that your sense Deb
1: absolutely so there's a lot it, it needed his ministry work needed this was my understanding in theology school um Bob, when um, I was getting my graduate degree in theology that it needed to unfold, so he 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 um, kept the disciples aware and, and at certain um, levels and then when they were able to handle things and so that it didn't it didn't make things go too fast so he had he had a mission to fulfill and he knew that he knew how to do it and so everybody had to cooperate based on his direction what do you say to that bob the first part of
7: your question that sounds that does help, because timing does count in about everything we do. Okay, right. thank you. Don't right.
1: You. Okay, now your brother. Let's talk <laughs> about your brother. So he went uh, for formation. Do I, do we, do we, did we hear that correctly? And then he came out of that formation as an agnostic?
7: No, he came out of a uh, year in Jesuit and Vitiate, and he was uh, turned over the next years in college to agnostic and almost atheist.
2: Yeah, so, Bob, it's unfortunately, it's not possible to tell you how best to to kind of work with your brother or talk with him um, because we don't know his personality, right? Everybody's so different, and and even if we had an hour to discuss his personality, then maybe we could come up with something. But basically, honestly, Bob, the most important thing is to pray for your brother and then persevere in prayer for him over time. So, you know, set aside a rosary a week for him or... At mass, when you know they call, when they speak about the intentions in the in the silence of our hearts, be praying for his kind of reconversion back to the faith. Um, and then, as you're with him, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to help you in terms of your dialogue with him. Um, honestly, it's going to be God that's going to do that more than it's going to be our skillful words or interventions with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you add press, uh, fasting to that? Did you suggest to Bob a little a prayer and fasting? No, that's great. That's great. A little prayer and fasting, Bob, for your brother. Make that very intentional. Um, And also to um, focus really strongly on the Eucharist, especially when you go to to mass during the consecration. Um, You know, ask your deep feelings uh, to God right at that time about your brother. Okay.
7: will do. Thank you. Oh, you're go
1: welcome. God bless you. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for trusting us. We're getting a lot of comments. They, they want us to go longer than an hour. They said maybe you can cut out the station breaks and go longer than an mm-hmm. hour. Okay, so we're listener supported Catholic Radio, and so those station breaks are very essential um, to to keep all the um, the the uh, radio stations affiliates and everybody rolling along. So it's it's just it all kind of works together, folks. So that's why we're doing it as fast as we can. However, we do have our past shows that are that are archived. And we're also uh, weekdays on um, Guadalupe Radio Network's Morning Joy program um, in the morning. So we do snippets there that can really help some of our Spirit World listeners as well on the weekdays. So you can find us various ways, folks, but we're trying we're trying hard. And, and Adam and I are preparing a webinar coming up shortly that can help. And we've got over 300 already interested in coming to that webinar. So we'll keep you posted. And that's through StandTallToday.com. Okay, Vicki is up next. And Vicki has been Waiting uh, So Patiently in Delaware on EWTN.com. Hi, Vicki.
6: Thank you for taking my call. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you for uh, bringing out that um, my two areas of um, I was working with in Qigong and Tai Chi and yoga, and um, I was having some unbelievable, unbelievable dreams. They were very violent, and I was tossing and turning myself. And um, oh, I just couldn't get—I didn't understand it. And then um, I listened to your show, and I'm—and it was suggested. I said, "Oh my gosh, you're kidding!" I—I love the way it lowered my heart rate, and I—I I loved the connections I was making among people in in the class. Oh my gosh! But since I stopped, the the bad dream stopped. And I'm not as restless at night, so thank you so much for that. Um, I'm calling in reference to my nephew. Um, he's just turned fifty, and um, he's been in and out of cancer for three months three years, I mean, and they just told him, "You've got three to six months, and it just breaks my heart. Um, I was fortunate enough to to uh, get develop a third class relic. With the St. Jude Apostle, um, visit to a, a church, which was just, oh, I, I can't wait to share that with him. I'll be seeing him this weekend. And, um, we, locally, there is a St. Peregrine Mass, uh, service, um, after a Mass at a, a church not too far. And, um, and prayers there, and, and a priest blessed a medal and gave me some, and prayers to attend. I t- I don't know how to talk to him. I just I am lost for words and I love absolutely would love to share with him about angels and and what's just something pleasant and positive from he says he prays every day fervently. So that mm-hmm. that's it. Thank you.
1: We put him in the book, Vicky, just to let you know the prayer book, and um, thank you for your kind words and uh, about us trying to get the the catechesis out there on what's really important for us uh, as Catholic Christians. But Adam, why don't you respond first about about uh, Vicky's nephew, and then I have a couple comments as well.
2: Yeah, Vicky. So you know, thank you for sharing, and I'm sorry to hear about his cancer. Um, relics are great. You know, um, my friend Father Carlos Martins is he's really the guy in terms of being an expert on relics. And one of the things he told me, um, at some point, and, and I've passed this on to other people. Um, when it comes to seeking a healing through a relic, of course it's, it has to be God's will. So if it's your nephew's time, it's his time. Um, though a relic may add peace to that process. If it's, if it is his time to go to his judgment and hopefully be with our Lord in heaven. Um, but here's the tip. Um, if you can, have the relic perhaps in his pocket or in some way that's dignified so that he can keep it on his person at least overnight or just, you know, maybe with a safety pin, pin it to his collar or something like that um, so he can keep it in contact with him at least overnight or for a number of days. And then, you know, during that time, ask that particular saint, you know, St. Jude, or um, uh didn't sound like he got the relic of Peregrine, but, you know, asking that saint for their intercession. Um, and then in terms of what you do, you know, somebody's facing death. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did a lot of work in this area in psychology and, and what she came to is the most important thing is to be near and not try to make it better for the person in the sense of don't try to tell them everything's fine or tell them how they should feel. Just be near and let them be where they're at with the process that day. Um, and it's that being with the person, being nearby, being seen, sitting with them, is what we we need at that time. Uh, and don't think that you have to solve, you know, this problem. Pray for him. Pray with him. Um, you can tell him some of the positive stories if you wish. You know, maybe read from a book. Uh, Deb mentioned Joan Carroll Cruz's book on Angels and Demons. I would focus on the positive side, of course, focus on the angelic. Um, but basically, be with him and um, keep the relic in contact with him. Those are my thoughts.
1: I completely agree, uh, Vicky. So many things like that you can do that are that are very effective for your nephew and for all the people around your nephew, all the medical staff, everyone. Because this is for this is for also as a witness. To everyone around your your nephew, um, I would just add uh, definitely read stories about the guardian angels. Get get him super excited that his guardian angel is right there beside him. Um, how important Psalm ninety one, God's protection of the angels. Uh, very very and like uh, Adam said, Joan Carol Cruz's book, Peter Crave's book on angels and demons. Uh, so many resources that you can use there. But I would also if you if you're praying it, uh, keep praying it. But if he's uh, not used to praying it on a regular basis, basis. get into the divine mercy messages. Uh, St. Faustina's diary, uh, amazing. Uh, for those that are that are nearing the end of their life, um, it is absolutely incredible, Vicky. Um, it's game-changing, life-changing, soul-changing, and the Divine Mercy uh, prayers um, just just so um, they hit the soul very deeply. And those all around that are praying, we know that from various hospice workers that have told us that when when Catholics come in and say the Say the chaplet around uh, the person when they are sick or dying. It is just you can feel the the absolute change in the in the atmosphere around that person and the people that are praying. What do you say, Vicky?
6: Um, the Saint uh, Divine Mercy prayers. Saint, what was that recommendation? Saint, Saint
1: Faustina. Oh yeah yeah saint faustina and maybe pick up her diary and you can read the excerpts from there there's um you know it's a very thick it has like almost a thousand entries but you but each line is is like a something you can meditate on and really go deep and there's there's and it actually talks about people that are nearing the end of their life possibly and so it's it's really for all of us to be reading and it's just wonderful so um i would i would recommend it because i i know that um I I just know so many stories, and I'm sure you do as well, Adam, many stories of how the the chaplet has really been very comforting.
2: Mm -hmm. For sure.
1: Oh,
6: wonderful. I, I am so appreciative. Thank you so much
1: you're sure welcome Vicky God stay bless in, you. stay in touch with us yes and we'll be praying for your whole entire family as you go uh, through this time okay so we're gonna move to Jackie Jackie is in New Hampshire on Sirius XM one thirty hi Jackie welcome to the spirit world
9: hello thank you for having me thank you for calling go right ahead so um my four year old daughter um is uh, basically I have neighbors uh, that are consider themselves, I believe pagan or Wiccan and more of a dark kind of flavor of that. And, um, their daughter is in my daughter's preschool class and is, um, get is, has been mean to my daughter because she thinks he stole one of her friends or, um, and the mother is angry at me because she sees me as a rival babysitter in the neighborhood. And, um, our property touches their property, but I try to avoid them. Um, Basically, the last few weeks, my daughter doesn't even want to go to school anymore. only four years old, but a lot of of mean peer stuff. And um, so basically, what can I do to protect my daughter and my family? Uh, These people probably live next to us for a long time, you know?
0: Mm.
2: Okay. Um, Thank you for—I'm just making some notes here. Thank you, Jackie, for calling. That's a tough situation, of course. Um, You know, number one is to pray for their conversion. And do your best to forgive them and pray for their conversion. That being said, um, coach your daughter on staying out of, you know, staying out of arguments or conversations uh, with their daughter, with their family, because she's so young, um, easier to first, you know, if, if things got heated and whatnot. Just coach her on avoiding confrontation, avoiding conflict, and I guess one one thing that would be important, coach her on not eating or drinking anything that's given to her um, by the family. That would be important. And don't take any gifts from them, and certainly don't don't bring those into the home, because if somebody's involved in dark occult stuff, um, they can attach spirits to items and try to get them into your home or get you to consume them. So I would avoid those things. But the most important is to pray for their conversion um, and for them to ultimately come to God and, and be at peace as opposed to being in this, um, you described it as kind of a darker paganism. So I know that's n- no easy answer. Um, and the school situation, you know, that's complicated. I, I don't have an easy answer on how to make it easier for your daughter. What do you think, Deb?
1: No, I think that was um, uh, the great words to to Jackie. I'm curious real quickly, Jackie, in this last 30 seconds that we have, any comments?
9: Uh, thank you. I do pray for their conversion, and um, uh, they're making fun of my daughter's um, potty training delay. So it's, uh, please pray for her as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. All right.
1: Okay, we will, Jackie. Keep us posted, and uh, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. We're, we're right up against the end of the uh There you go. There goes the music. So at this point, we're going to ask Lori and Carol and Rachel, please uh, pick up the phone with Jesse in North Carolina, Ron in Pennsylvania, Tim in California. We will move your comments and questions all the way to our mailbag show, which is... Um, next Saturday. So it'll be a brand new mailbag show. So we'll try to get to everybody. Uh, I wish we had more time with, e- with each other, but we have this brief hour and we're so grateful to EWTN. Thank you so much for broadcasting the show. Thank you to Guadalupe Radio Network for producing the show. Tim Mott, our senior producer, you are amazing. Thank you, Carol and Lori and Rachel. Great show team. And for Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Georgiani. Until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.